Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You can find the time to explore the mind of a stripper. And you can find the time to spend with your actual family. Prime time with Isaac and Sue. What they on? All steroids and no carbs. Them the thick ass kids. This is prime time. We're not like you. We're grown up. Your source for the best in local, regional, and national sports. Oh, my goodness! Here are Isaac Roth and Jason Sukanik with prime time on 1080 The Fan. All right, 403, welcome back to our show. It is time for our weekly visit with Oregon coach Dan Lanning, who is once again prompt. Uh, however, uh, we were not. We're late. We're running behind. I blame uh, Chip Kelly. <laughs> Let's go with that. I don't know. Or Buckley. Someone, not us. Wasn't What's our up? fault. How, how's it going, Coach? I'm doing great. Must be an exciting show. Things going on a little bit over, right? That's, yeah. That's the deal. Yeah. That is the deal because the boss is always complaining to us about, you know, you got to be on time. You got to be on Guys, you got to be on time. Well, my point is, if we're, we're, we have a kick-ass conversation going, why do we got to be on time? That's called ratings, baby. When you're on fire, you're on fire, right? You don't yep. leave on a heater, right? That's right. You can't go to commercial break on a heater. That's right. Respect the streak. That's right? right. Jeff Austin, I hope you're listening to the great Dan Lanning. Thank you. Thank you. All right, now, yeah. Coach, I got to ask the tough question, though. You know, it's... Hit me. What's up with the punt? I mean, <laughs> really? I mean, we'll, I mean, let's... What kind of yeah. offensive performance is that? I thought we were going no yeah, punts. We got to get it together. <laughs> yeah, no, um... Yeah, look, we don't ever want to punt. So I, I hope any of the um, you know future punters that we're recruiting aren't listening right now. But um, yeah, it's not something we want to make a make a living doing. So being able to do it just once is is a pretty good trend. Hopefully, we can uh, continue to work on that. Now, if the punter only gets in there once and his punt is thirty-seven yards, does he get a break for mm-hmm. that, or must that one punt be better? No, yeah, it's got to be better when you're yeah. when you're. Uh, when your number's called, you got to answer. Yeah. Well, we, I feel bad for him. Like, that's a lot of downtime. There needs to be some, like, he's worried about pulling a hammy. I mean, you can't sit around for two and a half hours and then be thrown into action like that. That's, a, that's <clears throat> tough circumstances. It is, but it's the job, right? You got to stay ready. That's right. Well, you've always said, like, there's no such thing as a perfect game. And I'm sure going back and looking at film, you can nitpick some stuff. But 
Is that about as close as is you're you're going to find in a college football game to your offense? I'm not saying perfect, but is 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 there a lot you can nitpick about this? It looked really good. Well, I thought I thought our coaches did a good job of finding some things that we definitely can improve on, and um, yeah, there's certainly a lot of things that we pointed out that we can we feel like we can do better. Now, were there a lot of great things that happened in the game? Absolutely, but uh, certainly some some moments of growth for us. Didn't hear you after the game. Um, I'm sure you've talked about it, but explain the um, onside kick decision. What what went into that? You know, every every week we look in special teams to see if there's you know an advantage somewhere, um, one place or another, where we feel like we can maybe. Uh, steal a possession and that was one that we had identified early in the week felt like it might be something that was there and um, felt like the possessions really mattered in this game you know this is one of these games where you know normally at the beginning of the game we've deferred and been able to steal a possession there kind of going in the second half you feel like you end up with two especially when you can end up you know finishing off the first half with the ball and then getting it back in the second half and we knew you know right after the coin toss that we weren't going to be getting the ball uh, in the second half like we had in the past, but we also knew that we had that kind of up our sleeves. So uh, being able to steal that possession allowed us to finish with the ball at the end of the half and score right there before uh, the end of the half and also kind of get a 14-point swing there in the middle of the game. Yeah, it did. It felt like two heavyweights just swinging at each other, and, and that certainly did feel like when they got when you guys got up by two scores, it, it kind of put them in a hole. It never really felt like uh, – it, it felt like you guys were in control of the game from that point forward. We certainly feel the – did you feel like that was the turning point? I think it was something that, you know, you, you always look for momentum swings in football, and that was uh, that was a momentum swing that definitely played in our favor. I don't know. It's not like they stopped playing or didn't try after that, but it's just hard when you get down 14. It changes the way you have to play a little bit and, and uh, certainly gave us a, an advantage. You, you can play the game differently when you do have a, a lead like that. This is uh, Oregon coach Dan Lanning who joins us here on The Fan every uh Thursday at four. The offense in college football this season is, is certainly exciting. I'm talking about just college football in general. You guys as well. You're a defensive guy. How do you explain where defense, you know, how defense has changed in college football? It sort of feels like a new normal now. If you give up less than 30, like you're, you're lauded as a defense, it seems. What, what is happening in college football that has created such offense? Well, there's, you know, the game has just become harder and harder to defend. It's, you know, there's a lot of really great coaches out there, and when you talk about dealing with really great talent, um, different different modes of play, tempo, um, you know, I think everybody would agree that officiating has definitely slided a little bit towards the def- or towards the offensive side of the ball at times too, um, and you know, all those things add up to higher scoring games. But that doesn't change, you know, our thought at least for what the, the standard of performance would be, and I think that's somewhere we hope to continue to grow there defensively is it i mean you've heard this too like the difference between nfl and college just the time being able to spend and i know in college they do limit how much you know you you can spend with your kids is it just easier to kind of scheme offense and drill offense in the time you have then defense is, is that a part of it or is that you know not a not a thing no i think that's that sounds like an excuse to me to say you can't play as good a defense i mean now reasons that there's higher scoring games in college football than there is in the NFL is I don't know how many college games you guys watch, but in my opinion, you don't see very many anymore where teams huddle up, you know, and they come out and they snap the ball with five seconds left, you know, and we were able to do that a little bit in the third quarter. And what you notice is there weren't as many points scored right in that quarter because they didn't have the ball and we did for 15 plays. Right. So that happens a lot more common in the, you know, the NFL, it's not a tempo game where in college there's, there's a lot more of a, you know, a tempo game, but 
we get the same amount of time on defense as offenses get to prepare each week. So um, you got you got to do a good job. We were talking with Reese Davis, uh, the game days guys uh, last week, and he he was kind of saying that he thought offensive players coming out of high school were ahead of defensive players. Do you think that that's true with the seven on seven and all the stuff that they're doing in high school? Well, I do think that the game's evolved a lot, and I do think there's less and less. I mean, I think it happened, the same thing's happened in the NFL. There, there's less and less of an emphasis of tackling and fundamental technique, um, you know, in high school and and even in college football because we're trying to make sure we're smartest coaches and are protecting players. But that's obviously going to lead to yeah. more missed tackles. Um, but yeah, having the the summer um, events and summer work that these guys are able to get in seven on seven leagues, those things, it certainly helps. Um, but I don't know if it's an advantage for one side or the other. And just sticking with that, I mean, the last one I'm going to ask you about this, we won't spend the whole time, but you know, you having recruited down South and now you're kind of going out West, you know, is there a difference when you're approaching, you know, a, a, a two-way star in, in high school? Is there a, a difference in, you you've, you hear that, and I don't know if there's any reality to it, that people down South, you know, maybe more inclined to play corner or, as, as opposed to receiver or running back than what you see down in Texas or out West. And is there anything to do that? Or, or how do you decide, or, or does you give the kid a choice? What goes into deciding whether you're going to be a receiver or a DB or a running back or a linebacker? Yeah, a lot of questions there, but I guess <laughs> I would just say whichever one you're best at is the one we're going to try to, you know, utilize. However you get on the field the fastest, and obviously it's got to be something the player, you know, wants to do. But most of the guys we're recruiting were pretty clear and open-minded with where we see them fitting. Oh, what's Cal bringing to the table? What are you up against? Yeah, you know, they're um, you know really sound on defense. They do a great job on that side of the ball. Coach Wilcox, Coach Sherman, they do a great – you know, they, they don't beat themselves, right? That's really consistent. You watch them play, and they're often in the right defensive call. Um, they're obviously well coached. All those things really show up for them on offense. They have the ability to throw the ball, um, and they've done that at games, and then they've had games where they ran the ball really well. So I think they have a balanced attack. Um, that you know, have to get in a rhythm, and they have weapons. You know, there's there's players on the roster that will be NFL players. So it's a good challenge. Obviously, it's an away game. I think we still haven't played our best away game on the road, so it's one that we want to go attack. Yeah, big hyped game last week. You know, I'm sure you saw this at Georgia a lot. What do you what do you tell the team to avoid a letdown this week? Yeah, we're not. I mean, I, I, we don't spend a lot of time on that. We want to go play our best game, right? And uh, any given Saturday, I think we've all turned on the the clicker or you know the, followed the ticker before and seen scores that didn't necessarily make sense to you. This team is very capable of beating us if we don't play our best game. So we got to go out here and we got to go perform. Yeah, college uh, especially we've we've seen these these games as you get to the end of the year. The road games can be nightmares. What is it about you know a, a road trip um, in, in college that they can be? Uh, why is it so much difficult? Uh, more difficult than playing at home. Yeah, familiarity versus, you know, the unknown. And and there's so many things where you just go on the road that are somewhat unknown that you don't control, right? But you have to focus in on the things that you can control. And that's what we try to pride ourselves on um, within our program. And, um, you know, when you go good to, good job, there's also some benefits to playing in, in uh, you know, a visiting environment. That can be a lot of fun at times, too. So I'm, I'm excited to see our guys, you know, when their feet hit the ground in California, their approach as we approach the game and, and go from there. How old are your kids? Your kids 12, 11, and 9. I got that right. You see? That's pretty good. <laughs> that's All an right. important one. Yeah. <laughs> that's an important one. Yeah. yeah. The one that throws me off, and I hope this doesn't sound wrong, is when people ask me what grade they're in. You know, because there's always the, like, the summer, 
like I was a third grader, but now I'm going to be a fourth grader, vice versa. And it takes me a while to get rid of them, right. which one we're actually in. Hope that doesn't sound bad, but 12, 11, and 9. No, it doesn't. Pretty that, good at that part. Grades are tricky, I think. Now, what are they for Halloween? Is, the, is that still a thing? Are you going to get some time with them? It is. It is a thing. And I kind of was asking myself today, like, okay, you're 12. Like, when is it too, like, right. how long is too long? And I think the free candy is just too enticing to these dudes yeah. to pass up. <laughs> so we have a zombie, um, a wizard, and a scary clown at our house right now. Okay. All right. Now, how much input did you have, or did you just get told that this is what the costumes are going to be? Yeah, yeah, I don't have a lot of input. <laughs> so my wife, for a long time, you know, my wife, Sophia, she, she's always tried to get me to, to dress up, and I just, that's not, that doesn't fall in the cards. She, <laughs> we signed up, you know, for this a long time ago, and that's not something I'm going to do, but she's always wanted me to be Aladdin, and she could be Jasmine. And I don't have the six-pack for it. You know what I mean? If I had a six-pack, yeah. this would be a different story. I'd probably be walking around every day like Aladdin. Hilarious. But that's, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a dress-up. I, I enjoy so- the walk-around, the neighborhood deal. You know, that's fun. Yeah, I, I am so with you on that. I just, I feel like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's our Midwest sensibilities. But I, I always <laughs> tell people I don't dress up because I'm an adult. You know, I, I just like, it does, it's, a, it's a weird thing to me. But uh, will you? I, I you know, I envy the dad that does, though. Like I said, I was like, that's a cool dad. I, I just haven't been able to pull it off, you know. Well, you could go as Dan Lanning, the uh, head coach at Oregon. Are you going to be out there Monday night walking with the kids and stuff? I don't know if I'll be able to make it to the streets uh, Monday night, but they do a cool event. They actually just did it, uh, you know, up here at, at our campus where they have some stuff around, um, you know, the, the center there, the, the, the university uh area where our kids can go out and go walk oh, around so good. that's something we get to be a part of but monday's usually a pretty big prep day i'm sure i'll find some time to pass out a little bit of candy though i love it oh that'd be cool you little kid walking up to a house and ring the doorbell and it's dan lanning that opens the door that's great they'll probably have to walk to the hdc um yeah they'll probably have to get there to the hatfield downing oh, to find me that no, night but okay. i'll have a bucket of candy ready good. in case they do okay working hard now last one uh, what is the dan lanning candy power ranking what's number one Ooh, great question. Um, it's hard to go wrong with a Reese's. You know, I think that's gotta be, that's gotta belong at the top. Um, Blue blood. I'm a gummy guy. Yeah, I, I like I like the the gummy worms. I mean, I don't know if that normally comes as a uh, you know as a a trick or treat item, but yeah, I'd say Reese's is probably number one. Love it. All right, uh, thank you, Coach. Good luck in uh, the Bay. We'll talk to you next week. All right, have a good one. Okay, you too, Dan Lanning. Every every uh, Thursday at four, the Reese's peanut butter cup seems like I mean he's he's, he's a just no, so solid he's a no nonsense he's so right? solid and it's just you on know, everything yeah. he's solid it's the Reese's God, I love it I was wondering are we gonna get something way out there like a Clark Bar not with him no, no. right right, right down the middle and the gummies I love the gummies too yeah like he I, just secured his left tackle you know he just, what he just secured his left tackle with his first round <laughs> pick you know? yeah right. <laughs> Some some offensive lineman recruits listening going, yeah. oh, I'm going to play for that. You know, game. you don't really get a lot of the gummy worm. Um, you get some gummy bears, but I, I don't recall many gummy worms in the uh, the Halloween basket. You know, of course, now yeah, this it's year. not a thing, is it? You know, the big one is fentanyl. I mean, I think that's going to be yeah. the number one, the rainbow fentanyl for yeah. all the kids. You got to worry about that. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah. Game at Cal, uh, 1230 on Saturday. Yeah. This is one you just. You know they should win. Yeah, buckle but the chin strap. You know, make you sure never that know. you do what you got to do, and and this should be a win. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back to our show. It is 422 now, 422. So don't, my name. So don't smoke because it's well, it's past too late. Yeah, you can't blaze up at four twenty-two. What even the break is for? Right, exactly. We're high as a kite. We're on a heater. My name is Isaac, and Jason, big Sukhsukhanic, right over there, right here. We had another trade in the NFL today. Yeah. We were talking about this yesterday. Kind of taking a flyer here. Well, contender, you know, yeah, exactly. Like trading a couple picks. Like, what? They don't need picks. Chiefs, they don't need picks. Yeah, you're all in right now. A third and a sixth. Uh, they trade to the Giants for Kadarius Tony, who has not been playing. No, and this is one of those that you're just trying to see if maybe a uh, a change of scenery can can do something. Because coming out of Florida, they called them the human uh, joystick. Like he's got all the talent in the world, but you know he's battled injuries. He's been a bit of a malcontent there in New York, and it just hasn't worked. So. You know, if you're if you're Kansas City, your offense is going great, but you had a player like this on just taking a flyer, like you said, a fourth round pick, and if you can um if you can get him to kind of fall in the line, and Andy Reid has a history of taking guys with maybe a little bit of a checkered past. And for the most part, those have worked out. I mean, I remember the Le'Veon Bell one that didn't, but um, you know, this is one of those you're just hoping that in the the confines of this offense he can be maybe another I'm not going to say a Tyree kill, but that sort of deep speed threat that maybe it's the one thing this offense doesn't necessarily have right now. All right. Well, that's all I wanted to bring up here. Yeah. So that's it. <laughs> yeah. No other trades yet. No, Could I mean, get Kareem hunt moved. Yeah. And I don't know how many of these are necessarily going to happen, but you know, one of the more interesting ones I was listening today, uh, old, uh, Sal Paul was talking about the Eagles and, what are know, they going to do? Well, they were, they were asking whether or not the you know the Eagles are done. You know, they made made the big deal and, and went out and got Robert Quinn, but you know they were sniffing around uh, possibly a, a running back. And Kareem's Hunt's name was the one that was was kind of out there. And Sal Powell kind of threw out another one that uh, a Christian McCaffrey level that possibly New Orleans ah. could be looking to move on from a very talented multi threat back that makes Ooh. a bunch of money that. Ooh. You know, New Orleans may just be hitting to, to, to mash the big reset button. And 
you add someone like that to Philadelphia's I assume offense, you're talking about the great Alvin Kamara? You are correct, sir. And I, I can see him in Philly. And I just hadn't heard that. And, and But, you know, that's a guy that's very well connected in Philadelphia. And um, you know, I didn't say that anything was imminent or anything, but they asked him. They're like, you know, have you heard anything about that? And he kind of... He kind of smirked a little bit and 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 just said basically I I don't think Roseman is done, so you know, keep an eye on Philly uh, making a big splash with Robert Quinn and maybe making another big splash and I I thought Cream Hunt to Philly would be a really nice pickup but uh, going down to New Orleans would be a much bigger deal than that. You know it's wild. I was just looking at Kamara's stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's never been a thousand yard rusher. No, Did he's you know that kind of the dual threat. Yeah, and he I mean he had one year where he had nine hundred and thirty two yards. 16 tutties. He only started 10 games. His yeah. problem is he hasn't he, he just hasn't played a full season. Yeah. To me, I felt hurt. like for a while he was the best pass catching back in the league though. Yeah. At least for a couple of years. Yeah, receiving he's I mean, yeah, dude, 826, 709, 533, 756. Uh this year he has rushed for 351 and caught 191. Yeah. That's it. No tutties mm-hmm. out of that guy. So yeah, he he missed at least a game, I think. Yeah, he's played 5. So yeah, he missed one of their games. Well, let's be honest, that offense is Dennis it, Allen it, sucks. There's been that's some a bad there. hire too. Well, it is, and so I mean, at this point, if you're New Orleans, you don't have your. The, the one thing we know about New Orleans for certain is that the quarterback next year is not on the roster. Like we we kind of assume that you know Jameis, who really looked pretty good last year uh, before he got hurt, we kind of thought that he could be the guy and. It just it's it's not. He's now been benched for a healthy Andy Dalton. So whether or not Dennis Allen is the guy long term, it does appear that New Orleans is hitting a bit of a reset. So if you are looking, and who was the other one? Um, uh, their edge rusher. We were just talking about this yesterday that that could be moved. Davenport. Uh, Davenport. So you know we were talking about teams that could be in the midst of a bit of a fire sale. I, I give you New Orleans. So when you're talking about Kamara and you're talking about Davenport possibly be on the move. And, you know, they traded already one of the better nickelbacks at the beginning of the year because they felt real good about their depth and they didn't think they wanted to pay him in the offseason. So this, just keep an eye on New Orleans as maybe a, 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 a squad that could be looking to move some players, shed some salary, and mm. gain some picks to kind of try to help yeah. the rebuilding process. Well, it's about that time. Like, you got these teams because I think they're 2-5, and five, right? Yeah, they're not having a good year. So you got those teams that are all sitting there, you know, whether you're 2-5 and five right now or... Probably not the teams that are three and four, but maybe. Well, a lot of it depends on the division, too. You look yeah, at like, that's true. You know, but I just mean those teams sitting there, like this is the week, because the trade deadline is Tuesday. It yeah. falls on Tuesday, November 1. Yeah. So this is the week that's kind of make or break. We were saying that with the Browns. Like if the Browns don't beat Cincinnati, yeah. they're probably going to punt and trade guys. Well, and if if they do beat Cincinnati, you know, then they kind of maybe take a step back and, and not trade somebody. But the Saints are in that boat, too. Well, and this, this, the Saints are two and five. And well, so is Cleveland. I know, but I think the difference is when you look at Cleveland's roster, Cleveland's roster is good, right? I mean, it, well, didn't it, we think the Saints had a good defense? I thought so too. But when you look at it now and you're two and five, your offense is now going to Andy Dalton. And you, you already let uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson grow or go at the beginning of the year to try to get something back because you said you weren't going to pay him. You're now talking about trading Davenport. Kamara apparently is on the block. I, I think you've already run up the white flag here. If you're New Orleans, I, and even if you, you okay, yeah, we start playing better. At this point in the year, if you're a team like New Orleans, you know who you are. Like the, the, the real ones would be, like you said, Cleveland, a team like Seattle, something like that. Do you feel like you're a player or two away? I'd even say a squad like Seattle, I wouldn't want to make a, a midseason move. 
you, you know, because this is not there, there's a difference between being in a window and liking where you're at, like you're building up towards something. I'd even say the same thing about the Giants. Like if I'm the Giants, I certainly wouldn't be looking to go acquire a bunch and give up future capital. You're just starting this rebuild right now. So even though you're sitting there at five and one, I think there's a difference between that five and one and like the Eagles or, you know, certainly the the Chiefs or the Bills or the Cowboys and then maybe a team like the Rams, which have, has, has had some problems. I could see them being like, hey, we've gone all in here. Yeah, we, we're licking our wounds a little bit, but we can play better than this. We need a little bit of help. I think that's different than a team like New Orleans. All right, let's uh, pause. And when we come back, we'll have uh, in the news, a man has been charged in Kelso. <clears throat> so we'll play the new fun game of for what? Oh, I got a good idea. You know what his name is? <laughs> no. Jethro. <laughs> and it's in Kelso? Correct. I got a good idea. Okay. I got a night. We also have an alligator capture in Washington. Uh, do we? I, I, I didn't know. I've lived in Washington many, many years. I, I didn't know we had a big gator problem. So I'll have those stories for you and more next on In the News. But first, Buck with SportsCenter. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We are powering through October, believe it or not. Uh, just a few days left. It is uh, October 27, 2022. Time now for In the News. I'm your noted newsman. Hello. Thank you. It is American Beer Day. Oh, there you go. American beer, though. Well, I had uh, several banquets last night, so. That is American. Then I, I was just a, I was a few hours too early for American Beer Night. That's your favorite American beer? Uh, yeah, I drink more Rainier because it's a little, uh, <clears throat> A little lighter. A little lighter. Yeah. But yeah, my favorite would be uh, the banquet. I, it bothers me when everyone's like, you say you like Coors, and they're like, Coors Light. No. If I said I liked Coke, you wouldn't assume I mean Diet Coke. Can I say something that will probably piss off all the beer snobs? Sure, go with it. I do like the Coors Banquet as well. Yeah. I used to drink that back when I was, you know, yeah. poor. You're not much of a beer guy. I'm not. But I used to be way more so than I am now. Yeah. But I would drink Miller High Life, too. Yeah. <laughs> the champagne of beers. 
I got a buddy of mine who's a big Miller High hey, Life man. guy. He likes that, and he likes the old Germans. Those are great. Yeah, he's a, he's um, a fan of those. The thing that I was going to say that will probably piss off Beer Guy is I find the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale delightful. Really? Yeah. And that's a classic American beer, yeah. and I'm sure that Beer Guy's good. Ah, you idiot, or Dude. whatever now, right now, but I have always liked that beer. Beer Guy's... There's a, uh, I, I've, I've said this before, but there's a beer or a bar that we go to that, uh, just up in Camas that is very much a, you know, like 50 different taps, all this local stuff. Yeah. And there's always the one bartender, and I think he wants to stab me in the, the eye. Right. Cause you drink Coors Banquet. Well, they have, they don't have Coors Banquet, but they have Rainier on tap, and I just <laughs> always order Rainier. And every time I'm in there, the dude throws me a lot of attitude. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't, what, what do you want? I don't want. You know the Hood River Double Pale Ale. You know, I just give me the give me the the big uh, the big Rainier, and I'm happy. I hear you. Oh, you know? I hear you. But yeah, to beer guy, guy, to beer guy. You know, we're we're lesser human beings, and I'm just telling yeah. you, I like that beer. Yeah. Uh, it is also Boxer Shorts Day. Anybody rocking the boxers? Ooh, God, no. is that still a thing? I don't know. I have one pair, like of the old school, yeah. like loose boxers. Correct. Ooh. Yeah, I never really wear them. They're weird. It's weird to wear them now. Yeah, and then they're like, they're usually It's all like, about the boxer briefs. Yeah, it's like an uncomfortable cotton. I don't... Uh. Yeah, remember when that was all the rage Yeah, though? I know. I felt like that was like a thing. Like when you're a little kid, you wear briefs, right? And then like like middle school, you go to boxers because it's like cool. Yeah. And then at some point, you're like, dude, these suck. And then you go find whatever sort of, you know, kind of permanent underwear solution that you're looking for. And then when you're an old man, you go back to briefs for some reason. I don't know why... <laughs> But when you turn to like 60 or 65, you just go back to the old BVDs and you just pull them up a little higher. I can't do that. You will. No. You, I don't think I will. Uh, just, you, you say that, but it, it happens hey, to the best Hey, let's keep in it. touch. Yeah. Keep in touch with my wife. She'll let you know. What sort of underwear is uh, old man Rob rocking at this point? I must know. That'd be hilarious. Like, I'm 80 and I get a text from Suk. <laughs> Haven't talked to him in 20 years or whatever. He's like, what? What's he wearing under there? And I'm guessing she'll reply with just a photo of a pair of <laughs> dirty old three sizes too big. I don't think she will. Tidy whities All right, this is a terrifying story. Let's go primetime Kelso. There's no such thing as primetime Kelso, but continue. A 52-year-old man is facing multiple charges, including murder. After evidence of an explosion and human remains were found scattered around his property oh boy. in Kelso. I'm going to go, well, when you said what's happening in Kelso, there's a story. I immediately went meth. And now that there's an explosion, I'm going meth lab blew up and uncovered bodies. Huh. Jethro Welter. Of course. Has been arrested in connection to the murder of Alan Nielsen. The sheriff's office said detectives received a tip in July reporting there was a body off of Holcomb Road just east of I-5. There, detectives said they found remains, later confirmed to be Nielsen, in and around a truck parked on the property. They said both the truck and Nielsen's body were heavily damaged in an apparent explosion. An autopsy of the body revealed he was shot on July 15th during what officials speculate was an altercation with Jethro. (laughs) So wait... So this was some sort of meth deal gone wrong. Jethro shoots him, and then the lab blows up. No, I think what he—I think he tried to blow up the body oh. in the truck. Don't you think? Let's read on. I didn't think about that, but you know what? I think that's what he was doing. I, that's not a terrible idea. They More? did it with that whale down at the coast. Yeah, right. Yeah, he called in. Uh, who was that? Who was the? Uh, 
Who was the um I forget the the reporter guy? Yeah. Long time yeah. TV guy. I know I, I know oh, who you're talking it. about, but yeah. It ruined the joke. Yeah, they dynamite they dynamite. They called the him in to <laughs> blow up the game. That's terrible. Uh, more than two weeks after the alleged shooting, detectives executed a search warrant on uh, Wel- uh, Welter's Kelso home. During the search, uh, multiple guns, including one that was stolen, were seized. Detectives also reportedly recovered suspected methamphetamine. Mm. Dude, I knew. Look I, at that. I could sm- look at. That. I could smell this story coming all the way from Kelso. <laughs> Using evidence gathered in a digital forensic investigation, the sheriff's office said it determined Welter was at the property when Nielsen was killed. Detectives also managed to find records that allegedly showed Welter bought 60 pounds of exploding target material between July 17th and 19th, two days after the shooting. He is charged with first-degree murder, 10 counts of second-degree unlawful possession of firearms, and there are plenty of other um, charges here. By the way, Paul Lindman. The, Paul Lindman, <laughs> Who yes. are we thinking about? Yes. Uh, now, I don't know if uh, an officer of the law could help us out with this. Paul Lindman, still alive? No, he can't be. I think he might be. You think he might be? I'm going dead. Double, double check. Um, still alive. Really? How Se- old? He's only 75. Oh, that's... Yeah. All right, then I, I stand corrected. Remember when, I think Sorry, he listens. Paul. At one point, we talked to him. Because I think he listens to us every now and then. Probably not anymore. Because, you know, it's hard to. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's well, a listener. I'm sorry that I buried Paul Lindman. The great uh, Paul Lindman. I apologize. Yeah, he's probably listening right now going, wait, I'm not dead. <laughs> Just a flesh wound. I want to, Maybe Paul can answer this, um, or a cop. Is that a is that an effective way to get rid of a body? Well, clearly not. Well, they, this... Although he did make it to October. Exactly. So, like, if I uh, if I like, dig some sort of uh, pit or whatnot, and then just, you know, kind of, you know, kablooey... Uh, I kind of feel like well, that's... Well, why an explosion? Why not burn? Oh. You know? What about a burn, then explosion? I think the explosion is it's just... It's gone. Can you explode something enough where there's just nothing left of it? Other than, like, tiny little like it bits? vaporizes? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know a lot about explosion. Well, haven't they done a... Haven't we talked about this? Didn't they do, like, Mythbusters on, like, how to get rid of a body or something? Yeah, but I don't know if... Ex- it's really hard. I, I don't know if explosion was... was uh... Well, that's because it's not effective. Hmm. Sure about that? No. I need to, is there a cartel member somewhere? Like, so there's a drug cartel guy right now that's laughing. It's like these idiots don't even know how to dispose of a body. Well, if the movies have taught us anything, you just dig a really, really, really uh, deep ditch. Well, does... Hold on, if you're a cartel member, text in, please. <laughs> well, I mean, it is interesting that my man Jethro out there of all the ways you could get rid of a body. Like, do you think he was just on a meth bender and he thought it'd be cool to dynamite a body because? Of all the ways to get rid of a body, it does feel maybe a little bit like overkill to try to blow it up. I do think he was on a meth bender, yes. Yeah. Because I'm imagining him, like, I don't think he has a bunch of meth and not, you you know, doesn't yeah. use it. Jethro's not just sitting on a bunch of meth like a it's a collector's right. item. It's like, oh, how'd that get in there? I just hold it on to it. I haven't it. done meth in years. <laughs> just keep it in there. I stockpile it a little bit. <clears throat> no big deal. Well, that's a sad story. Well, I just know that if your name man is, died. If your name is Jethro and you're from Kelso slash Longview. Don't mess with him. Well, I just feel that we should instantly uh assume that when a crime has been committed, we should look at everyone named Jethro in Kelso and or Longview. I mean someone's murdered in Seattle? Eh, have we looked in Longview? Have we talked to Jethro? I say we poke around a little bit. I'll bet you Jethro in Longview he knows more than he's letting on. Pierce County Animal Control. Pierce County up in uh, Washington. Yeah. 
A lot of Washington news. Yes. They wrangled a six foot seven alligator. That's a big alligator. And placed it into an animal control truck. Can I ask how uh, well, a seven foot gator was roaming around uh, Pierce County, Washington? Animal control had a prior complaint about a resident on a property in Lake Bay possessing an alligator. Yeah, I don't think you're allowed to do that. So then they go to investigate the property, and the alligator was not there. So they visit the property, and they saw the gator a second time when they when they went back. Mm-hmm. And it was in a small tub inside of a shipping container. He was hiding the gator. Huh. Well, I mean, if someone's coming for your gator, I'm assuming that you, you know... Now, do you, you got to keep that away from the uh, the authorities? Do you care to guess what else was in the container with the gator? Oh, uh, I don't know. If it involves a guy named Jethro, I'm going to say meth and possibly a dead body. I, like something for the gator mm. to eat? Is there like a mm. like a chicken or close. Like a big piece of fish? You're close. You're very close. A fish switch from McDonald's. I don't know. Also in the container was a very sick baby cow and. Mm. A mattress for the 32-year-old owner to sleep in the container with the animals. Okay. So we're, we're dealing with a man, an old dirty mattress that he probably got from behind a 7-Eleven or under an overpass, a sick baby cow, and a seven-foot alligator. Six-foot seven. Well, okay. I was rounding up. It was six and a half. I, there's like a, that's a joke. <laughs> All right. A man, a gator, and a... Baby cow walk into a bar and lay down on an old dirty mattress. Like, what are you? Is this real? What's happening on the mattress? It's real. Eh, do I want to know? What's probably not. Is the baby cow to be fed to the gator? I or was. Is, I is would the... imagine that's or right. Or is he just like? Is he like the cow? And so then they they go back to the next day with a warrant to seize the animal, and they want to check on the calf because it's illegal to possess alligators in the state of Washington. Yeah, um, and they also say this gator was not in a great environment, and so the calf and the owner were gone. But the alligator was still there. So they took the alligator, they got him out of his tub, they held him down, they taped his mouth, yeah. they measured him, because you you know you got to measure him. Yeah. And then they can be, there's video of them moving it over to uh, you know, put in the animal control vehicle. They just, I'm assuming, does that gator just get... You know, kind of. No, they no. ship it somewhere. No, or? he went to the Tacoma Humane Society, oh. where they and he is up for adoption. <laughs> I was gonna say, so they send him to the Humane Society where they're gonna euthanize him. No, he's gonna go to a wildlife rehabilitation sanctuary. Is he really, or is this like when you were a kid and you were on vacation and your mom said that your dog went <laughs> upstate? We released him to a farm. I want proof of that gator. I want to. I want to know that that gator's still alive. That or Jethro's got some new <clears throat> gator skin boots that he's rocking. Uh, the gator was in good health and will now spend its time in a large habitat rather than a tiny storage container, <laughs> sleeping with a man and a sick baby, sick cow. My God. Well, I'm guessing. What is going on in I your state? I don't know. Jesus, man. Well, there's another one. Did you see where uh, apparently uh, a former Vancouver neighborhood watch uh, captain, he just got 26 years for child porn. So. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> apparently the man. the neighbor. It's always the neighborhood watch guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's one of those that it's you got to be careful of that. Apparently, no, the neighbor, your kids. the neighborhood watch captain was watching something entirely different than what he was supposed to. Believe me, I'm watching them very. Close. It begs the question: Who watches the watch? Right, you, right. Have you seen that show on Netflix, The Watchers? 
You know, I almost started that the other night. I is did? that good? Well, I'm only one episode in, but it's pretty freaky. Is it? Yeah, and I, that's I, the one where they buy the house, uh-huh. and, and the neighbors are all. And it's based on a true story. So then I had to go and read oh, about is. the true story. Okay. And I thought it was going to be really embellished. It's dude, not, dude. The real story is scary. Is so it's this ritzy neighborhood in like upstate New York or something. Jersey, Jersey, and it happened like uh, I think it was in the nineties. Yeah. In the late nineties, early two thousands. And these people go by the house buy a big, really nice house. Yeah. Like really nice. Yes. But then are well terrorized le- by the neighbors? Well, the, we don't know the letters just start arriving in the mail. And there's some of the I'll, like maybe well like in the club, I'll read you because they've got the letters. Like mm-hmm. they, they they're were, real. They're real. And this went on for a couple years, and the letters are terrifying. And they never found out Really? They never found out who it was. Yeah, I saw that. You know how you do sometimes you scroll through and you're like, what yeah. should I watch? Yeah, that's what I was doing. That one caught my eye. Yeah. I didn't start it yet, though. So I, I'm only one episode in, but it was uh, it was, it was worthwhile. It was a little freaky. I like that guy. What's that guy's name, the main dude? I don't know, but he's been in a bunch of stuff. I like that guy, too. Uh, Bobby Cannavale is his Yeah, yeah he's, he's like, great. He's like a character actor in a ton yeah, of stuff. He was great. awesome in Boardwalk Empire as yes. Jip Rossetti. Yes. All right. Well, that's enough for that segment. Um... <laughs> Portland has a new Ritz-Carlton coming. I won't be staying there. Yet another thing we can all not afford. <laughs> I stayed at one Ritz-Carlton. Actually, a couple of them. That was when we were at the Buccaneers, for whatever reason, we stayed at the Ritz-Carlton. I'll have that for you next. It is 450 on The Fan. You know, Dickard has a good one today here on the text line. He said, you know, because we were talking about Jethro and – or we weren't talking about – well, we were talking about Jethro and Kelso, but the other story was the guy in uh, Lake Bay – who had the alligator, the sick cow, and the mattress. Yeah, and a shipping container. It, right. <laughs> Dickert says if it was in Portland, they would just move the guy and the cow four blocks over and say, as you were. <laughs> hey, did you see <laughs> Did you see that some of the people are back under the overpass? Yeah, yeah, I did see that. They were that. gone for literally like eight yeah. hours. They didn't really move. They just sort of cleaned up. Yeah, but they were supposed to move them, but they're literally right back to where they were yesterday when they started to, to yeah. move them. But I... I will say that the one lady who uh, always burns the big trash can fire, her um, area has been shrunken down, I'm going to say, by a good 40%. Right. It's, uh, it's they little... made her consolidate her belongings. But I'm willing to guess that by the time we leave tonight that her spread will be right back where it was yesterday. So the sweeps are going great. Uh, this is in the news for October 27, 2022. Uh, Portland is getting a new Ritz-Carlton. I don't know if you've noticed a big uh, building going up uh, in our skyline. But, Where is uh, it? Uh... Yeah, I actually have. You know you know how you look at the skyline every once in a while and you go, hey, where'd that come from? Yeah. Right? And it's like a big giant building. They've obviously been building it for, you know, six months to a year. Well, obviously but you never really paid attention until it's done. Yeah, because it's been just like a, like a big crane there. Yeah, well... Um, uh... <laughs> I'm looking uh, for the address. Uh, I can't find it. I don't know where it is. But uh, the is building, it, I see the building. Well, is it the Ritz-Carlton Portland residence? Yeah, because it's, it's that's, that's the it, only Ritz-Carlton we have. Uh, that's on 812 Southwest Washington. But it's a hotel. But with residence. But with condos. Yeah. They do this a lot, like in a lot of the bigger cities. Like, you, you have that where, you know, half of it is. Uh, do we have those here? I'm not aware of a bunch of them. But I know, like when I like in Chicago and a lot of that, you'll have these really nice buildings where some of them are residences and the others are, are 
hotels. This will have 251 guest rooms and 132 residences that begin on the 21st floor. It's 35 stories. People will begin moving into the residences in April of 2023. The hotel is slated to open next summer. Um, every view is, ama- <clears throat> is amazing. The condos begin at just over $1 million, let's, let's and they go up to $6 million. I will take... Uh... Things I can't afford for nine thousand, uh, Alex, because I can't afford to stay there, nor can I afford to live there. Forbes said they've already sold out ten percent of the building, which seems very low. Yeah, I don't really know. What, like, mm. I don't know if you're the Ritz Carlton, and I'm yeah. sure they have smart people with lots of analytics and cool things. They're like, oh, we should put a Ritz right here. That doesn't seem to be a fit. Well, Does it to you? I don't know. I mean, downtown Portland, I mean, it's, I mean, they've got like the Cosmo building down there and everything. I mean, it's, it's fancy. Have you been downtown? Well, my buddy did sell his place there because, well, downtown. But like, maybe they're, you know, they're buying low. You know, they're getting in, while, yeah. you know, now. Yeah. But I don't know. That just, the Ritz doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like we would have a lot of But they do ability to fill that. Though. They do say that the, you know, the talk of like the economy tanking or a recession, they said that the luxury market hasn't been hit yet. Because that's always usually a sign, right? But people aren't pulling back. People are, are still spending, flush with cash. So yeah, there's the GM of it said, you know, tourists are coming back to Portland yeah. and other parts of Oregon, and he said, um, you know, people are coming through and they're staying in downtown Portland and they want to take a trip to like Oregon wine country or yeah. whatever. They'll stay at the Ritz, okay, and set up shop there. And- well, what I would assume that the nicest, like we, like what was before the Ritz, like if you were staying at the yeah, you'd stay uh, at the Benson. Benson or the, is that kind of the... Yeah, I mean, there's some nice hotels down. There's some really nice, bougie, boutique hotels, too, yeah. uh, in Portland. But do we necessarily, like, the, the big people that are coming to town, do they want the, the bougie boutique? I don't or, know. Or do they want, you know... The Ritz, yeah, they they the Ritz. Get your, use your Ritz-Carlton points. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I stayed at the Ritz a couple times. That was where we stayed when we were in Tampa, and it was very nice, but I don't fully... I mean, probably because I'm not a rich guy. I don't fully... Unless you're, like, in Vegas or, like, a, a, like a real like high-end travel destination. I've never quite understood the the idea of like the the Ritz being that much better than, you know, like a I'm not, like just another nice hotel. Oh, I was always Hotel 6 or well, you know, Hampton like, Inn. I've always been a Howard Johnson guy myself. I mean, outside of like walking in the lobby being like, "Oh, this is really nice." I never went into the room there when we were on the road and been like, "Oh my god, you know, yeah. this is but we weren't staying in penthouses or anything like that either. So Isn't it funny, too, how you'll look at a hotel? Like, let's say you're going somewhere. You don't really know the hotels. Yeah. And so you're looking at them. You're like, and you try to fool yourself into thinking, oh, this one looks yeah, hey, this looks pretty nice. <laughs> nice I, I really like this price. And it's just, you know it's a dump. <laughs> yeah. But you're trying to talk yourself into like, oh, this is great. That's how you end up staying at the Luxor, by the way. <laughs> you're like, oh, it'll oh be look tight. at these rooms. Oh, Chris Angel's before. <laughs> oh, you'll be great. Uh, Portland sounds like, uh, seems like it's going through a rough time right now, says a man who lives in Chicago. Who's this man? Why am I reading his quotes? Oh, he is, uh, he's one of the guys from, he said, um, I think something that gives people a reason to come to town is the perfect opportunity to show off everything that you guys have to offer. $800 million Ritz-Carlton Portland, a gleaming new luxury hotel with multi-million dollar residences will help fill that need. If you say so, I don't know. I've never understood the downtown scene has just popped for years with high rises and condos and condos and condos and condos and condos, right? Yes. You have, you have retail down below, condos up high, and I just they put in one after the other, and it just would seem to me that they'd eventually it would be saturated. But apparently not. What do I know? <laughs> well, you know that you're not going to live there, 
So. I will not be at the Ritz Carlton. <laughs> no. Although I would like to go see it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a bit of a hotel. Um, I just like to. I think it's. I don't know. I love the hotel business. I think, yeah. I, I I think if I never bartended or I never got into radio, I, could I see, might. I maybe could be in the hotel business. I could see you being a high end, well, yeah. like a, like what you call it, like a hotel manager, or like a, hotelier. You know the uh, like pretty woman, the guy there that's working the front, and he's always uh, you know, he's just he's yeah. he's taking care of stuff for the rich people. Yeah. You know, I could see you doing yeah. that under the discretion. You know, you're removing again a dead body from uh, you know the 25th floor. Oh, we did have some text on that. Um, you know, you were asking for you were soliciting advice from our cartel P ones. Yeah, about blowing up a, a body, or we didn't really get many cartel p1s that were willing to text us yeah however uh, a lot of people said look up septic system installers that's the bro you want to know ah uh, you just buried you know underneath that are you oh yeah you know what i mean yeah you know what i mean oh yeah i've had my run in with a septic guy and let me tell you for a few bucks you can that guy knows yeah well that's a good one so be wary of pig farmers and septic uh tank installers so that's what i tell you the pig farmer you, know, you chew up a body with the piggies all right, there is your In the News for October 27, 2022. Uh, the Hot 5 at 5 is coming up next. That will be followed by a visit with our Blazers insider, Jason Quick, on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t